Hello. You are listening to the Grieving Parents Sharing Hope podcast. We are here to walk with parents on their unwanted journey of child loss, guiding them to a place of hope, light, and purpose, not in spite of their child's death, but as a way to honor his or her life. And now, here is your host, author, speaker, and bereaved parent, Laura Deal. Hey everyone, thanks for joining me for this week's episode. If you have been with me the last couple weeks, you know that I have been on Sunday nights reading live on Facebook from my book, Hope for the Future, An Advent Journey for Bereaved Parents. And then I've been sharing that reading on this podcast. Last week, I also added Tuesday's reading because the podcast comes out on Tuesday. So I'm going to do that again with this episode. So you're going to start out by hearing me share live on Facebook the reading from Sunday and then I'll come back in and I will read and probably talk a little bit about Tuesday's reading for this book and this week's topic is joy this is our third week the first week we talked about hope and the second week we talked about how we can have peace even in our grief and this week I think maybe they're all tough topics, but this week our candle is actually going to represent joy. And I know we think that it's almost impossible to have joy after the death of our child. And uh, I just want to assure you that it's not. It's something that I have had to fight for, and I still fight for it, but it's possible. And so let's go ahead and get to this week's reading. I am not about to tell you that losing your child will turn into something joyous in your life, but I will tell you it is possible to have joy again in your life beyond the grief. My joy is different now than it used to be. How is that possible? Is there more than one kind of joy? No, I don't believe there is. I believe what has happened to me is that my joy is more of a solid undercurrent in my life now. I'll, I'll say right now, it wasn't that way those first few years, okay? It wasn't an undercurrent. I couldn't feel it. I mean, we have the Lord in us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. One of the fruits of the Holy Spirit is joy. And so it is in us, but I sure didn't feel it. I didn't feel it as an undercurrent. I didn't feel it at all. But it is built into the very foundation and fiber of our being because, like I said, we have the Holy Spirit. And it has now become a rock on which I believe I'm anchored on. True joy is not based on outward circumstances, which can go away if those circumstances change, nor is it some euphoric happiness. It is based on a constant inner knowing of truth that goes beyond the outward circumstances. It's an undercurrent of contentment, of confidence, and that seed of hope that has been planted and is now growing and bearing fruit in my life. I'm going to say that again because I think maybe we need to think about that a little bit. It's based on a constant inner knowing of truth that's beyond the outward circumstances. It's an undercurrent of contentment. Now, I know when our child dies, we there is no way. It's like contentment that's impossible. But if we can have peace, then we can have contentment. Contentment and things like knowing that we're going to see our child again. There are things that we can learn and grow to be content in again. 
and confidence. Confidence, that faith that you were going to see our kids again. It seems to come back to that a lot, doesn't it? It is the seed of hope. It's in us. That seed of hope is in us. And that seed of hope has been planted, even if we don't feel it, because it is in us. And really, it's up to us to nourish that seed of hope so that it can grow and start to bear fruit in our lives again. I'm going to go ahead and light the candle that's going to represent joy. And that's going to be the yellow candle right in front there. Remember, the green candle represents the hope because hope is something that's living and growing. And the blue candle represents peace because blue is a very calming color. It's a very peaceful color. We can look out at the blue water, at the blue sky, and we can, we can feel peace looking at those things. And the yellow candle is going to represent joy. God has graciously given us many keys to unlock doors of truth that will help us while we're here on earth. Sometimes those keys seem to be handed to us, and other times it seems we need to look for them on our hands and knees in the dark. Doesn't it seem that way? It's like, okay, so we've got the keys for this, but man, oh man, <laughs> I can't find it because it's too dark. I'm like crawling on my hands and knees trying to find that key that feels like it's nowhere around. The death of our child seems to be one of those times of searching for the keys in the darkness of a moonless night. However, the Holy Spirit has given us a clue to at least one of the keys to unlock and release joy back in our lives. That key is choosing to be thankful. Now, don't go tuning me out. Don't turn this off, okay? Not yet. Let's talk about this. Whatever we focus on consumes us. Think about that. Whatever you focus on consumes you. So if my thoughts and my focus remain on my loss, the torment and the pain of it will consume me. If my thoughts and my focus are on the blessings I still have, and we do still have blessings in our lives, we still have people to live for, we still have people who love us, who need us. There are things around us I know it's hard to see because it's so dark, but we do still have blessings in our lives. They're just hard to see. And if those are the things that I start to try to focus on, try, start, practice, practice focusing on blessings and things that you can still be thankful for, then it's going to begin to awaken a joy that has gone dormant inside of us. Once again, this is something we choose to do. It's not based on our emotions. It's not based on how we feel, but it's based on the truth of who God is. It's not impossible because I know we feel like it, that's just impossible, but it's not. No matter where you are in this grief journey, start with the very smallest things. Those who have never lost a child, they'll tell us things like, well, you can be thankful that you woke up this morning. We're not thankful for that, are we? We don't want to wake up tomorrow morning. We want to just go be with our kids. We want to be done here. And so that's not very helpful. Well, it's like, okay, you have breath in your lungs. You're, you're breathing. It's like, no, I don't, I'm not thankful for that. I mean, that's really honestly how we feel, isn't it? especially at the beginning. So find other things to be thankful for. Things like maybe, this is an example I use a lot, I don't know why, maybe sometime early in my grief I had this happen and I it's just a subconscious thing, but 
even the thought being thankful for smelling fresh baked cookies or fresh baked bread when you walked by a bakery at the grocery store and I walked in and it smelled so good. You can be thankful that you noticed that something smelled really good and it made you want to eat something or whatever. There are so many things that we can be thankful for. What about the fact that you have a bed to sleep in? That's something we can be thankful for. You probably own a phone that allows you to connect with people when you want and need to, and you can turn it off when you don't want to hear from people. Who helped you plan the funeral and all of your numbness and your pain? Did anyone bring you and your family food when you didn't have it in you to cook? Do you have a pet that's keeping you company? How about a TV that you can sit in front of and zone out when you can't sleep at night? Did you remember where you parked your car coming out of the store the last time you went? Oh my goodness, that's huge. I had to start parking in the same section of the parking lot on the stores that I shop at frequently because I, w I wouldn't even remember what door I went in. And I'd walk around the parking lot crying because I, I didn't know where my car was. And I didn't even, it was like I didn't even have information in my head to pull it from. So be thankful you remembered where you parked your car. The things that we perievers can find to be thankful for can be a strange list to other people, but that's okay. If you do it consciously and consistently, you'll find a spark of hope igniting. And if you keep going, it will turn into light and life, and it can eventually turn into what is joy in your life again. And like I said, it might not look the same at all, but it's still joy. It's still something that's deep inside of us that we can't really put words to. Even if you don't feel it, you can speak your words of thanks to a God who made sure that this wasn't the end, but it was just a transfer into the beginning of something so wonderful, it can't even fully be described. I was talking to someone just this afternoon about Romans 8.18, I believe it is, and it talks about how our suffering can't even be compared to the glory that is to come. It's amazing when you think about how deep our suffering is and that the glory that our children are now a part of can't even be compared to the suffering that we're going through here. That has got to be some glory. And that's something that we can be thankful for and that we're going to eventually be there with our kids, right? I want to read a scripture to you. It's from the Message Translation. It's 1 Corinthians 1 or 15 verses 56 to 58 and it says but let me tell you something wonderful a mystery I'll probably never fully understand in the resurrection scheme of things this has to happen everything perishable taken off the shelves and replaced by the imperishable this mortal replaced by the immortal then the saying will come true death swallowed by triumphant life who got the last word O death Oh, death, who's afraid of you now? It was sin that made death so frightening, and law code guilt that gave sin its leverage, its destructive power. But now, in a single victorious stroke of life, all three, sin, guilt, and death, are gone. The gift of our Master, Jesus Christ. Thank God. I, just as I read this, that the gift of our Master the gift that God has given us and you know Christmas time is all about gifts right giving gifts receiving gifts it's a, a time of gifts I mean we know that Jesus came as a gift 
as a baby in the manger, but to really stop and think about the gift that he gave us very specifically is to be free of sin, free of guilt, free of guilt, okay? Free of shame. That's a gift that he gave us. And he gave us the gift of being able to see our kids again, to never be separated again. That not that the best gift we could ever have? So we need to take time to unwrap that gift in our thoughts and think about that a lot, about the gift that God has given us in being able to see our kids again. I know this scripture, a lot of times I grew up with where, oh, death is your sting, where, oh, death is your victory. And I, you know, when Becca died, it was like, I can tell you where, where the sting is. I can tell you exactly where that sting is. And that verse was actually kind of frustrating to me. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, death, where is your victory? And that's a pretty uh, common Easter verse, isn't it? Time verse that we hear at Easter time. And when our child dies, it's like, wow, <laughs> how, how can you even say that? Where is your sting? But this verse is talking about once we get to heaven, once we cross over to that part of eternity. I mean, we're, we're actually living in eternity right now. It's just that we're in the earthly realm. But our spirits are already living eternally. So this verse is talking about when we get to heaven and that sting of death will no longer be a part of our lives. And that's a day to be looked forward to. That's another something to be thankful for, right? So let's go ahead and, and pray. Father, I thank you for the gifts that you have given us. And Lord, I know it doesn't seem like it. It seems like Everything has just been ripped and torn from us, and it's just so dark, and it feels like there just are no gifts, and we don't want anything to do with Christmas, and we want this season to be over. But Lord, help us to shift our focus, like we just read, to begin to focus on you and the gift that Jesus brought us when he came, the gift of his birth which was the beginning of his life and his death. And Lord, help us to be thankful for this gift that gave our children life. Even though they're not here with us now, they're still alive. They're more alive than we are. This is not a permanent separation. It's painful. It's horribly painful. We can't even put words to it. But Lord, this isn't permanent. And we thank you for that, God. We thank you that you made a way and it was through the death of your son. Your son died so that our children could have life, so that we could have life, and that we could all be together again forever, never to be separated again. Lord, help us to just really have a deeper understanding of that now. And help us, Lord, to find those little things to be thankful for. Holy Spirit, we ask that you would help us to water and nourish that seed of hope and watch it begin to grow. And Lord, I just think of when a seed is planted, when that growth begins, it's underground and you can't see it. And a lot of times we think nothing is happening, but it is. It's, it's, it's breaking ground. It's breaking open. And at some point it's going to break through the ground 
And we're going to begin to see the growth of that. And it may take a while. We may think nothing's happening. But Lord, I thank you that you are at work in each one of us. And Lord, I do ask for joy. I ask that this will grow and grow until there's a joy in each one of our lives again. And I just thank you, Lord. I thank you for how deeply you love us, that you allow the death of your own child, your own son, to make that possible for us. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Okay, well, that was Sunday's reading. Let me go ahead and read to you what Tuesday has to say. A very important benefit of Christianity is the tremendous sense of identity we have that comes from knowing Jesus Christ in a very personal way. And as we grow in knowing him, we grow in that identity. We grow in knowing how much God loves us and how each one of us are created uniquely for a special purpose. Now, I think we all could say we believe that very strongly before our child died. When our child dies, we're not quite so sure anymore, a lot of us. It can make us feel like that identity has been lost, that we only thought we knew who God was, and that if he really did create us for a special purpose, he was very cruel in that purpose. Families also give us a sense of identity and purpose. Once again, when our child leaves this earth before we do, it shatters our sense of identity as a parent and our purpose in that role, even if we have other children. I don't know about you, but I've had other tragedies happen in my life before Becca died. And each time something happens, it's easy to ask God why he allowed it to happen in our lives. As I've looked back at those other painful events, I can actually see God's hand in it, which I couldn't see in the middle of the crisis. Looking back, we can often connect the dots and see how God used that situation to bring needed direction we might not have even known we needed or to bring someone we love into a needed place of healing or restoration. I'll give you an example. When Dave graduated from college, he graduated with a computer science degree and he felt led not to relocate, but it took a few months for a job to open up to him in our area in his field. And that job, his very first job out of college, was with a nonprofit organization, so they didn't pay very much at all. Once he got the job, we were dating when he was in college, and once he got the job, he proposed, but it wasn't very much money. But they did make up for the lack of salary with benefits, insurance benefits, which at the time wasn't a big deal to us. We would have rather had the money, right? But God knew within the next few months we were going to need those benefits even more than we needed the financial support from his salary. Because that was when Becca, who was only three years old at the time, was diagnosed with cancer. And she had her leg amputated. She went through nine months of chemotherapy. And during that time, her medical bills were easily in the hundreds of thousands of dollars. But in that whole time, we only had to cover less than $1,000 because the insurance was such a good insurance plan. So I want to ask you if you can think of a time where something bad happened back before your child died. And looking back at it, you saw that God really was working something out for good down the road that you couldn't see at the time when you were in that dark place and that that trauma or that time of crisis in your life or your family's life. Now, based on that, let me gently make a suggestion. And I said gently. 
Many times when we're saying, God, why did you let this happen to me? His answer might be, I didn't let it happen to you. I let it happen for you. Now, you may be ready to just turn this podcast off, throw something across the room, thinking there is no way I can listen to this and have Laura tell me the death of my child was something God did for me. And that's not what I'm saying. Okay, hear me out. Remember, I have been in that place of suffocating darkness myself, and I've told God to just kill me now and take me off this earth. I'm not going to tell you that God allowed your child to die, especially as something good that he did for you. We all know our lives will never be the same. We will never be the same. But within that, we can allow the death of our child not to be wasted. That was the enemy's plan for us. That wasn't God's plan. Death was not God's plan. God made a way around death. There is a leaving of this earth, but it's a transfer to a different place. It's a transfer to be with him and with those who have transferred ahead of us. We can allow God's love to wash over us. His plan We can ask God to help us to accept this plan of transferring into a different place of eternity. Asking and allowing God's love to heal us, to heal these deep, deep wounds that we have from the death of our child, and to take this change in us, because like I said, we are never going to be the same. We are now changed. But asking God to take this change in us and use it against the enemy who brought death into this world. The enemy is the one that brought death into this world. God is life. That's what I mean when I say not to let the death of your child be wasted, is that you turn it around and use it against the enemy as a weapon against the enemy that... Man, it's hard to put into words what I mean. I hope you're understanding what I'm saying, that we turn it around and use it to give the enemy a black eye. I know it hurts so much. We just want to die and to go be with our child. But the fact is, our child is safe in his arms. Our child is safe with him. Our child doesn't have to face the pain and the crap and the tragedies that this world puts all of us through. And when we think of our loss, and that's what we meditate on, our pain makes it hard to even breathe. When we think of our child's gain, It lifts some of that suffocating darkness and it allows us to see a glimmer of hope and the possibility that maybe God isn't as cruel as we thought he was and that we can live again and actually even find some happiness in our lives. We don't understand the why and we probably never will here on this earth, but we need to pray and ask God, Lord, help me not to blame you for my pain but to put the blame where it belongs at the enemy who brought death into this world. Help me to think more about my child's gain than my painful loss. And I know that's hard to do. It's really hard to do, especially when it's fresh. And when I say fresh, I'm talking about that first year, two years, even three years. But it's something that we can pray for and we can aim for and we can fight our way through for. Sometimes fighting for it means resting. It just means resting in God. Just let him be with us in our darkness and in our pain. Kind of like Job's friends, the first seven days they just sat with him. 
And that's what we need. We need God to just be with us and just rest in Him. Sometimes that's that's our greatest weapon, is to just cry in His arms and rest in Him and let Him do the work that's needed in us. And it might not even seem like anything's happening. But like I said just a few minutes ago, it is. There are things happening in us. So with that, we're going to go ahead and wrap it up for this week. Before we close this out, I've got a couple things to share with you, and then we'll go on to the birthday segment. First of all, we do have a retreat planned. It's in Texas, and it's going to be in March. If you want to know more about it, there is only room for five. This one is a couple's retreat. Sorry. If you're single, we're going to be looking at retreats that are you know, not just for couples. We might have one for moms. Let me know your needs. Let me know what you want, where you are, what you're looking for, what you need, and we'll see what we can do. But this one is for couples. There's five rooms. Three of them are already taken. And I know there's a fourth one that's a good possibility. So go to gpshope.org slash retreat if you want to find out more about it. That link will be in the show notes. Another thing that I want to let you know is that you can sponsor a podcast for your child. We want to give you guys an opportunity to share your child with the other listeners. So if there's a special date coming up or anything in 2021, your child's birthday, your child's anniversary death day, their favorite holiday, anything like that, and you would like to sponsor a podcast in honor and memory of your child, it's only a $50 sponsorship. I'll ask you to write something about your child, what you want people to know about your child, and I'll read that to our audience. So if that is something you're interested in, just go to our website, gpshope.org and go to donations. I believe you'll find it there and you will also find it in the store. Scroll down until you find where it says to sponsor a podcast. So with that, let's go ahead and go on to the birthday segment. Brian was born on December 17th, which is my dad's birthday, by the way, and Brian is forever 26. Austin Smith, was born on December 18th, and he is forever 30. Carissa Perkins was born on December 21st, and is forever 29. Dylan Bieber was also born on December 21st, and is forever 16. Jonathan Granick was born also on December 21st and is forever 36. We know how important it is to remember the day that our children came into this world. I know a lot of times family and friends around us don't understand that, but we certainly do here at GPS Hope, and we are blessed and honored to be able to join in with you and remember your child the day that he or she came into this world. If you would like your child's birthday announced on the podcast, all you have to do is go to gpshope.org birthdays and fill out the form there with the information I need. Submit it. I'll let you know that I got it. And then I will announce your son or your daughter on the podcast the week of his or her birthday. Dave and I are praying for you. 
especially next week, next few days, as we're in this Christmas season, because I know it's so hard for all of us. So just know that we love you and you have our hearts. Until we meet next week on this podcast, remember to hold on. Pain eases. There is hope.